It's Super Bowl week, and your favorite football team is nowhere near that event. What I want to talk about today is how they can get back there, and I want to try to keep it as real and non-dreamy as possible. Good morning to you. Good Monday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. Not coincidentally, I have Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates that I hope you'll check out as well. I don't know that anyone would look at either the Eagles or the Chiefs and say that one or the other is a great football team. I'm not sure that we still live in the era of the great football team. And I don't I don't mean something silly like comparing anyone to the you know to the perfect dolphins or whatever. I'm just talking about like a, a powerhouse where you say, now there's a favorite from front to finish. There's a team that's going to, there's a team that's going to take care of whoever it is that comes along. I guess, you know, you could say that over a couple editions of the recent Patriots where not only were they so good, but more that, you know, it was more that Tom Brady and Bill Belichick and Rob Gronkowski and everybody else was so good that you knew that once the games mattered, they were going to get things done. But the great football team, there's not a lot of that. So where is the bar for reaching the Super Bowl? I prefer to look at it as either a team has one dominant facet, like, say, for example, the Eagles in the trenches, or with the Chiefs having Patrick Mahomes at quarterback. But there generally has to be more. There has to be, I think, a handful of guys on your team, and I mean that in the literal sense in this case, five of them, who've got to be at a star level or really close to it. If you think back to the recent really, really good Steelers teams or even the the recent Super Bowl teams that they've had uh, in these past couple of decades, they've been teams that you could put together five really standout players and then, you know, a handful of high quality, uh, high character supporting cast types. You know, think about that defense you know, from 10 years ago and the guys who were on there, who were the ones that were the real rock stars? I mean, it was Troy Polamalu, obviously. And then there was also James Harrison. Depending on which of those Steelers you're preferring to talk about, you could also throw in an Aaron Smith. On the offensive side, Ben Roethlisberger, obviously, Heinz Ward, uh, that version of Santonio Holmes. Jerome Bettis. I know these guys weren't all all on the same teams. I'm talking about between those two that won close together. You had to have about five guys. And I can still make that exercise work for the most part. Meaning with the Eagles and the Chiefs and the recent Super Bowl participants. But for the current Steelers, I come up with a solid, geez, 2.5? What can you expect at Point Park University in downtown Pittsburgh? Respect, rigor, relevance. That's the Point Park pledge. You'll be treated with respect while being challenged and supported academically to graduate with career-ready, relevant skills. Visit pointpark.edu to learn more. My 2.5 
And I say this with immense respect, although calling anybody a 0.5 doesn't sound like it's terribly respectful, right? Would be the obvious two, TJ Watt and Minka Fitzpatrick. You're talking about guys who, when they're on, are first-team All-Pro established elite. Cam Hayward is that and has been that for a long time. Cam's not a kid anymore, and that's why I feel like I can say this respectfully. Cam was able to be regular Cam this past season, probably about half the time, maybe a little bit more. There were still games, including you know which one near the end, that he just dominated, that he just was ripping people apart. And you go, wow, that's it. 97 still here. And maybe it was a few more games than that, but it's just so hard to put him in that same bracket at his age when that wasn't there every game. It just wasn't. And it's because of a variable that's completely out of his control and out of everybody's control for that matter. But that's where I see this. I don't look at anybody else on that defense and say, yeah, here's a real, you know, special this, special that. Uh, I know there are people who are excited grades wise by uh, Cam Sutton. Uh, No. (laughs) Okay. Again, respectfully, no. And I'm aware of the numbers that Alex Highsmith put up, but again, respectfully, no slash not yet. And then comes the hardest part, and that's the other side of the ball. Because I feel like there are a couple players who can be that and who can be that in short order, but we haven't seen it yet, at least not over any sustained stretch. The nearest to that category would be Najee Harris within the context of the running game that the Steelers, to their credit, to their community credit, established in the second half of the season. Najee has things that he needs to add to his game, and he knows that, including becoming more of a pass-catching option, becoming an even better blocker. He's a pretty good blocker, uh, including... A lot of the improvements that he himself acknowledged making over the course of the second half when it comes to hitting holes with authority, uh, going after the designated holes and trusting that they'll open up even when it doesn't look like they're open, you know, following the script. But he's probably next, and you know who I'm going to mention after him. Yeah, Kenny. Kenny Pickett, if only because of the position that he plays and because of the... The ceiling that I think a lot of us around here have in mind for him compared to what, let's say, others around the country uh, might not see because they haven't seen him as much or they haven't seen him as much in the NFL. They certainly haven't seen him as much in college. And he's got that capability. We saw him get better and better and better, uh, almost almost timed like a metronome with each passing week. You could actually chart what he was doing better from week to week. And it's one of the reasons you hated to see the season end. And then I'm going to throw in parenthetically George Pickens. Uh, You know, George didn't get the ball often enough. We didn't have a chance to see him and his own weaknesses get exposed enough. I mean, he had a couple of drops. He's not perfect. He wasn't magical. But occasionally he did things that, you know, 
most receivers can't do. And he looks like, I'm going to use this word again, a special talent. Now, what he does with that is as difficult to predict as what the Steelers themselves and that offensive coordinator will do with that. But he certainly got the capability. And what are we up to now? 5.5. There, we broke through the threshold. One catch. Got to get it all done this year, right? Cam's not going to be around forever. When we come back, J1Q. This segment of Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you by the personal injury law firm of Luxembourg, Garbett, Kelly, and George, LGKG. They represent people who've been hurt in car accidents, who need workers' comp, who need to file medical malpractice claims. The lawyers at LGKG have been designated super lawyers for over 15 years. That's a real thing that's reserved for the top 5% of attorneys across Pennsylvania. To learn more about them, visit lgkg.com or call 888-842-5454. LGKG. Jim, who says, hello, DK, since you wanted to get away from the Matt Canada conversation, how about talking instead about a signing that seems to have flown under everyone's radar? Anthony Miller. Seems to me everyone was impressed with him in training camp before he unfortunately got hurt and missed the whole season. But between getting Miller and Calvin Austin back, the Steelers' receiver room should get a significant boost, and maybe the conversation from fans about drafting Jordan Addison in the first round can finally die off, since we clearly have more pressing needs. I'm going to try to add a, a little bit of background to the description that you have there, Jim, of, of Miller's training camp. It's one thing for Miller to have come up with a few great catches or to have had a great preseason, which he obviously never even had a chance to complete, and to have fans rightly and fairly raving about it because you can only evaluate what it is that you see, right? Well, in talking to the Steelers people and to scouts who watched Miller in this camp, they were convinced not only that he'd make the roster, but that he'd become an integral part of the offense over the course of the season. And this was before, well before, it was known that Austin would also miss the entire season. They still saw Miller's go, oh, oh, by the way, wait, it's also before, obviously, Chase Claypool was traded to Chicago. So you had a mix of Deontay Johnson Claypool, Pickens, and all of the various Simses and Gunners and everything else that were supposed to run the jet sweeps. And yet, still, these people were wholly sold that Miller was going to be a big, big piece. Now, this might seem a little unusual in the light of the fact that he's now 28 years old, so he's hardly a child. He's 
Got 60 career NFL catches, most of them in three seasons with the Bears. He had decent numbers for a guy who could be a three or a four. Mitch Trubisky was his quarterback, by the way. But he hardly comes with some sort of pedigree where you'd go, man, if only this guy could get a chance. So what was it that changed? What was it that had the scouts going, whoa, when he'd been seen as a non-entity pretty much before that? That's hard to say. But I am telling you that it was in play, and I am further telling you that the Steelers again showed their seriousness on this subject by barely waiting a split second from the end of the season to sign him again. Did you notice that? Like, have you heard about other signings? No, just him. One-year deal, nothing extravagant, but they really, really like him. And to your point, Provided Miller stays healthy, provided Austin can be healthy, you might have enough of a wide receiving core there that they don't look, whether it's Addison or anybody else, to the draft and certainly not to free agency at the receiver position. That's not to say that they're great there. I think any team that's got Deontay as a one or a two, and I'm sorry if this sounds mean, can't be all that great there, particular because of how he shows in big games. But if Pickens is your one, and he really should be, and if Kenny can follow through with some of the stuff that I've heard where he speak with Ben Roethlisberger and learn more about how to play with Deontay, how to feed off of him and take advantage of Deontay's legitimately outstanding ability to create separation and to get open, those are all positives. You're probably not going to have a Miles Boykin back. So there's going to be room on this roster for Miller. And again, if he can continue to do what he did in training camp, there is both a place for him and a high expectation for him. I appreciate the question. Loved it. Wish we would have more like this. Just stuff that's like way off the beaten path. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. Let's do another one tomorrow. Thank you.